a shocking number of Canadians say they've seen an increase in suicidal ideation, suicidal thinking uh, brought on by economic stressors. Not good, not good. So in terms of mental health of Canadians, what about workplace mental health? That's an issue too. Um, and I think, you know, that's changed quite a bit. Uh, I know certainly in the industry that I've been in for, you know, 30 years now, there wasn't a lot of talk about mental health. Now there is. Now it's sort of a focus. And I think, you know, with larger companies, uh, the supports have been brought in and it's something that's treated much differently than it was. But that's not the same in all instances. Um, and it's still... In many ways, if you think about a colleague phoning in sick or somebody who goes skiing on the weekend and tears up their knee or something, there's no questions about, oh, yeah, we'll take some time, you know, let us know when you're feeling better kind of a thing. But if somebody calls in with a mental health issue or just, you know, uh, it, there's a different there's a different approach to it, I think, still to this. T- it's changing. It's getting better. But at the same time. Um, there's still some work to be done there. So we're going to speak with Bill Howitt, who is the founder of Howitt HR Consulting, uh, and, and get some insight into this particular situation. Bill, thanks for joining us. I appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me. You know, mental health and, and how it affects the workplace and how it affects employees and employers, it's definitely better understood, right? I mean, we, we, we've come we've come a pretty good distance on that front, haven't we? I think we're starting to. I like your caution in the wind. I think we're starting to. My concern being is we're sometimes confusing activity with impact, but there's some good intentions, but we're not yet getting to the root cause yet. Um, And it's important. I mean, obviously, it's important to the employee. It's also important to the employer, right? I mean, this is something that's now become part of our culture of work, and it's something that people expect and, and want to see a company embrace. 100% 100% with the employers especially are highly motivated with retention and attraction being competitive yeah. dynamics, maximizing productivity, short-term, long-term disability due to mental health, worker comp claims, increased numbers of secondary issues, mental health related, high motivation by employers to want to understand this. The question ultimately is, is, is many employers and many employees when they get into this conversation is understanding, you know, what is workplace mental health and what does it really mean? Yeah, I think you make a a good point there because just in terms of defining the terms, when we're talking about mental health, some people will think, oh, that's mental illness. There's there's a difference there, right? 100%. We have a very low mental uh, health literacy in our country to... So we confuse the term mental health with mental illness. But really, if you think about human beings, we're emotional creatures, and we make 70% of all our decisions based on emotion. So when you use the word psychological safety, workplace mental health, what we're really talking about is two things. One, how do we prevent mental harm from happening? And that could be how we organize work to, you know, that we don't allow the bullies to come in and we don't expect people to work all night. Like, And then the other part of it is not only the prevention part of it from the environment, but providing employees with insights, tools, knowledge, and skills, how to better manage and self-regulate their own emotions. We forgot to teach that in the the elementary school system. And then the other part is that they do need help to have meaningful supports. And, And I'll close with this. Everybody knows what a fish tank is. Mm hmm And if you understand, if you were away and I were away for a week and we had came back and our fish tank is green, 
and uh, our fish are dead. And we go, oh, darn, the two favorite fish are gone. And then we go replace the two fish and throw them back in the tank. No, we don't do that. We clean the tank, test the water, check the filter, make sure everything's right, do all the good stuff. And what what's happening is is often we put the burden on the employee, like send them off to a workshop and resiliency, that should do it. Send the leaders off to a training, that should do it. They're, we're confusing information with habits. And we really need to understand what are the key performance behaviors that are going to facilitate the opportunity where the environment, how we organize work, how we treat each other, how we support each other, how that's really going to have a direct impact on employees' emotions. And really at a very simple element, the percent of time your workforce spends in positive emotions versus unpleasant emotions will tell you what type of culture you're in. So if, if you're if you're an employer out there and you're listening to this, you're probably thinking, okay, that's great. How do I do it? I mean, there is a plan. You, I mean, there's a framework that's in place, right? hundred percent. Yeah, we're actually doing some writing this on this and over the next month to give employers some beginning. And the yeah. very first place to start is get your baseline. Understand through your employee's voice. Either ask them or do surveys that are meaningfully designed through an inclusion lens that take in different diversities and and, they, and different uh, what we call adversity load. Can't assume that everyone's in the same spot. And become mindful of the following three elements. What are the psychosocial factors, meaning what's happening in the environment that's charging and draining the, our workforce? So, for example, work demand. That could be either a drain or a charge. My leader could be a drain or a charge. My team could be a drain or a charge, my interaction. So understand those psychosocial factors, step number one. Step number two is many employers are doing lots of good stuff now, is to actually pay attention through to what you're doing and then ask questions. Is what we're doing achieving the outcome we want using that like a plan, do, check framework so, yes, we have EAP, Employee Assistance Program, but do our employees actually know what it is? Do they know about it? Do they know how to access it? Do we have programs? Yeah. Do they have permission to do it during time? Do they mm-hmm. know how to do it? Do they know how to access it? And the part that, sir, that I'd like to make sure we need to become mindful of, we are now at 40,000, no, 40 million Canadians. We've grown. We have a lot of English second language we yeah. have a lot of folks who their reading level is not at the level. So we need to make sure literacy, accessibility, neurodivergence is going to be about 25% of our population. And many people still don't know what that term is. So employers, their own education, that's a third thing they can do. Become students of what's happening culturally. You said something really important. Financial health is a major source creating unpleasant emotion in human beings no it question. distracts people right no for sure of course it has to 100 percent. um you know we could probably talk about this a lot more bill but i am out of time but uh thank you <laughs> thank you so much for being here i think we we got into some important stuff but there, like you say it's a big problem and we're gonna have to keep working at it but uh, you gave us a place to start and i appreciate it very much